This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing, and today we are talking about the drivers of e-commerce profitability across the digital shelf. And this is a piece of research that I authored um, in partnership with the Digital Shelf Institute. Um, And this report was a long time in the making. It was finally, finally released publicly last week on Friday. I have written about it in a post for Forbes, so you may have seen that and you may have attended the um, the webinar also where I gave an overview of this research. If that's the case, uh, you still might pick up a few tidbits from this episode, but if the, this is the first time you're hearing about it, um, that's all good too. I'm going to give you an overview of the research and, and uh, what we found. You can also go to bobsledmarketing.com slash profitability, which is a landing page that we've set up with a link out to the report and also some resources that we've developed at Bobsled in service of improving profitability. Things like our Amazon vendor chargebacks guide, the automated product fee calculator to uh, calculate and baseline your Amazon seller central fees, Q4 readiness report, and several other blog posts and podcast episodes that are related to this topic because, wow, (laughs) profitability in e-commerce is a hot topic and it's really sort of like a life or death situation for a lot of um, brands out there who are grappling with this. So I do recommend you check out that landing page. Lots of great resources there. Again, that's bobsledmarketing.com slash profitability. All right, well, let's move on to this research report and what we found out. Okay, so these are sort of like the dirty little secrets of profitability in e-commerce. And the paradox that's emerged for uh, retail brands, especially larger uh, product manufacturers, is that e-commerce is accounting for increasing percentages of a brand's present and future growth. And that is a shift that's happened over time, as well as the events of 2020 causing a faster shift to e-commerce as well. So there's more of a brand's revenue allocated to e-commerce. And at the same time, e-commerce is often a less profitable channel than a brand's other retail and wholesale channels. So it's becoming a bigger piece of the pie, but it's less profitable. And this is causing a a, a bit of a reckoning, especially amongst larger, more traditional brand manufacturers who are now uh, really feeling a sense of urgency to address that. E-commerce is not anymore an edge case. It's the future of retail. And this renewed focus on the e-com channels have led many executive teams to ask their digital leaders, what drives profitability in e-commerce and how can we improve it? And so this was the question I set out to ask in uh, this research report called The Primary Drivers of Profitability Across the Digital Shelf. 
Um, and that was in partnership with the Digital Shelf Institute, which is a think tank um, of digital and e-commerce leaders and practitioners that I'm fortunate to, to be um, a part of. And uh, with contributions specifically from Molly Chantal, who's the founder of the Digital Shelf Executive Forum, Chris Perry, who is the co-founder of First Mover, and Peter Crosby, Executive Director at the Digital Shelf Institute. So this study, the, the methodology was I, um, I interviewed 10 digital and e-com leaders uh, from the Digital Shelf Executive Forum group, and these are all people who lead the e-com and digital functions for uh, multinational brands um, with annual revenues over 250 million household names that, that you would have heard of. The nature of the conversation around how do you measure profitability? How is your e-commerce channel doing compared to traditional channels? Obviously, that's a very sensitive and confidential kind of topic. So these interviews were conducted confidentially and um, the insights uh, anonymized and aggregated so that it, it would be um, fair to, to share the insights. And the results, something I'm, I'm really proud of, that there's four themes that, that we uncovered and 21 different sort of thought experiments and ideas and potential solutions that brands can take away and think about is, how could this work at our company um, some solutions to take back to your executive team and, and show, hey, this is how um, how other brands are thinking about it. Could we experiment with this? Um, and I think that there's there's a good mixture of tactical um, solutions that can be explored as well as validating a lot of the themes that you might be seeing in your own company around profitability. So for the rest of the episode, I'm going to just cover off those four themes and share um, one or two tidbits from those four themes. First off in the report is a theme around defining profitability and how that's quite inconsistent among the companies that I spoke with. Some companies are identifying profitability from net income from operations. Others are defining profitability with contribution margin. And those are two very different ways of calculating profit. Some are more forgiving than others. And then within those companies, even if you're, even if one company is using contribution margin the same as another, there's going to be different ways to arrive at that number, depending on what line items are considered and not. One of the companies I spoke with found that their contribution margin was being affected um, across all channels by coupons. And coupons weren't actually available on the Amazon channel. And so actually by realigning the coupon assignment across the, only the channels that accepted coupons, the Amazon relationship actually turned out to be wildly different in terms of profitability than what was previously assumed. Another concept that definitely warrants more exploration is creating a SKU level PL. And this is a way to track um, each product as its own business. And the profitability still might vary from channel to channel, but especially as we begin to recognize this concept of digitally influenced sales and especially total growth accountability, we have to look holistically at a 
product and where it's sold to be able to get a full picture of um, how these sales are actually coming about. Did a customer discover the product through one channel and purchase through another and again repurchase through an entirely separate channel? We can't actually extrapolate that from the current channel view of the world. The second driver from the report is these relatively unchangeable factors around product category and price point. So in general, the theme I found speaking with different brands of different um, average selling prices and um, categories is that these four factors generally drive the profitability at a skew level. A lot of these are pretty innate to the company. So it's worthwhile knowing what might be some pretty hard limitations on your category that you can maybe need to work harder on than a a more established, mature category. But I want to point out a couple of glimmers of hope here that certainly are movable. And one of those is around packaging. One respondent um, that I spoke with said that revisiting package Packaging design was this one of the top three biggest drivers of profitability, changing basically that packaging from store optimized to e-commerce optimized had a huge impact for that company. Every Amazon seller is familiar with the importance of having the capital to seize growth opportunities. That's why Payoneer, the sponsor of today's episode, developed their working capital solution specifically for online sellers. Payoneer's Capital Advance offers e-sellers selling on Amazon and Walmart up to 750k advancement instantly loaded, a gradual sediment collected from future marketplace receivables, always leaving you with some funds to manage the day-to-day and an attractive fixed fee. Skip the credit checks and learn about bringing your e-commerce vision to life by visiting payoneer.com slash funding. Again, that's payonia.com slash funding. You'll even get a special 10% fee rebate on your first offer. Thanks, Payonia. Profitability driver number three is around media spend and attribution. And I've labeled this one as having the largest potential for fast improvement. You can't just change your product category and you can't just change your global accounting policies, but you can take a quick look at media effectiveness and efficiency. And this can can be a quick win. So first of all, revisiting some research from earlier in the year around the halo effect of retail media. And this, again, was something that the, the Digital Shelf Institute actually formalized in a report which found that for every dollar of online retail media spend, um, brands and retailers were seeing a halo effect of $7 to $11 of in-store purchases. And so this this really vindicated a lot of brand marketers who saw the same kind of trends in their own businesses, but weren't sure how widespread it was. Well, now we know that if you're advertising on Amazon, your in-store sales will pick up and likewise for other digital and in-store channels as well. I know a lot of the brands that I spoke with are considering rationalizing their brand and performance marketing spend because they're also realizing that even within a channel, there's a halo effect between above the line spend and below the line spend. 
Another question within this theme of retail media is how much to spend. And this is where I will credit some research from McKinsey, which we've cited in this report as well around brands in the CPG category needing to spend on gross revenues or compared with their category average to either retain market share, grow market share, or launch a new SKU. And I will say that um, underlying all of this is constant commitment to efficiency and ongoing benchmarking um, against your own past performance as well as category and platform averages. I personally, being in the, the performance media space, really um, advise against looking at ROAS averages for your category and benchmarking against those because you don't really know what is the priority of these other brands that you're benchmarking against. Are they actually targeting category growth? Are they targeting um, brand awareness? Or are they purely looking at ratcheting up their incremental margin? So you could be benchmarking yourself against an outcome that you don't necessarily want. So one of the respondents that I spoke with underlined this with their um, their own philosophy here. They said that Amazon suggests 2 to 4% of your total sales to go towards Amazon advertising, but that shouldn't be your goal. And what this respondent does was try and find the ceiling on the ad spend on an ASIN basis. So if, if their daily spend on a certain ASIN is $500, then they're going to crank that right up to $1,500 or 3x that to see where the cliff really is. And that's the only way that they've really learned what's the optimal amount to spend on that SKU. So driver number four, the Amazon relationship. And this can be a real inflection point for a lot of brands as they're pursuing profitability. So a few items here, a lot of companies get um, concerned about situations where they get Amazon and the brand can't realize a profit on certain certain products and it leads them down the path of considering a hybrid model or um, or a 3P model specifically or even distributing through resellers instead of having a 3P account set up. There's varying degrees of success on this but since Amazon comprises such a big portion of brands e-commerce sales putting the Amazon relationship under the microscope looking at chargebacks, what kind of deal you have with Amazon and really trying to push that push that forward is going to be well worth the time because this is usually such a big um, percentage of digital sales. So what's next? Uh, well, first of all, please do check out the report. I've really just skimmed the surface in this presentation. There are a lot more examples and things to consider in that report. But whatever the specific pain points are in your organization around profitability, there's three critical needs for executives to focus on. One is data to make your case. That's hard when no one wants to talk about their profitability margins and what goes into them. But try and try and connect with your peers in uh, whatever forum you can. The DSI is a great place to start and start to collect some, some information um, that can be used to help make your case. I hope this report is a good start for you. Secondly, cross-functional silo crashing and collaboration. As we've seen, with particularly with these new retail media models, there's a bias towards sales and marketing working together because the sales for Instacart show up with the 
sales team and the spend often happens at the marketing level. So we need to work together with our colleagues across the organization in order to get the results that we want. That's another tie into total growth accountability, of course. And then finally, realigning incentives for an omni-channel world. Hope this is helpful. Please check out the report. And if you've got any follow-up questions, please uh, look me up on LinkedIn. More than happy to speak with you. So I hope that this overview was interesting to you. Hope you got one or two good ideas from it. Like I said, the full report covers off those four themes in greater detail. It includes more than 20 very specific ideas, thought experiments, and potential solutions that you can take back to your own company. And I I also encourage in the spirit of the Digital Shelf Institute and the work that's underway there, collaborating with your colleagues and peers in other organizations as well. And this is the only way that we really got to this point in discussing profitability at this at this level is from collaboration from individuals within brands who they want to learn, they want to learn what's going on with their peers and they're prepared to initially share what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. So starting from that basis of moving the industry and the profession forward by having those conversations, being upfront about what's worked and what hasn't, That's the only way we can really move this issue ahead. So um, thank you for tuning in. Again, find the report and some accompanying resources that we've developed at Bobsled. One white paper that we've got linked on this page is our Amazon Vendor Chargebacks Guide, which is very popular and very much a quick win for profitability. We've also got a product fee calculator for selling on Seller Central. So you can see uh, one of the themes from the report was Vendor Central versus Seller Central. That's a really um, great analysis that you can do there. Q4 readiness and a lot of other content that we put together on the topic of profitability. So to get that landing page with all of those resources, go to bobsledmarketing.com slash profitability. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.